0: Let me tell you one of my favorite Jewish wisdom tales. It's a traditional one with, of course, humor to get us into matters of gratitude and thanksgiving. So there's a poor man who lives with his wife and six children in a very small one-room house. They were always getting into each other's way, and there was so little space they could barely breathe. Finally, the man couldn't stand it any longer. He talked to his wife and asked her what to do. Go see the rabbi, she said to him. After arguing a while longer, he went. The rabbi greeted him and said, I see something is really troubling you. Whatever it is, you can tell me. So the poor man told the rabbi how miserable things were at home with his wife and the six children, and they're all eating and living and sleeping in one room. The poor man told the rabbi, We're even starting to yell and fight with each other. Life couldn't be worse. The rabbi thought very deeply about the poor man's problem. Then he said, do exactly, exactly as I tell you and things will get better. I promise. Okay, I promise, said the poor man. The rabbi then asked the poor man a very strange question. Do you have any animals Yes, yes, said the poor man. We have a cow, we have two goats, rooster, chickens. Good, said the rabbi. When you get home, take all of the animals into your house and live with them. (laughs) The poor man was astonished to hear this advice from his beloved rabbi. But he had promised, so he went home. And took all of the farm animals into the tiny one room house. The next day, the poor man ran back to the rabbi. What have you done to me, rabbi? He cried. It's awful. I did what you told me, and the animals are all over the house. Rabbi, help me. The rabbi listened and said calmly. Now, go home and take the chickens back outside. The poor man did what the rabbi said, but then the very next day he hurried, The chickens are gone, but rabbi, the goats, they are eating everything, and they're smashing up the furniture. It's chaos. The rabbi said, go home and remove the goat and may God bless you. So the poor man went home and took the goat outside. But he ran back again the very next day to see the rabbi crying and wailing. What a nightmare you have brought to my house with a cow in my house. It's like living in a stable. It stinks. We have to be careful where we step. (laughs) Can human beings live with an animal like this? The rabbi said, sweetly, my friend, you are right. May God bless you. Go home now and take the cow out of your house. And the poor man went quickly home and took the cow out of the house. The next day, he went running back to the rabbi. A rabbi, he said with a big smile on his face, we have such a good life now. (laughs) The animals are all out of the house. The house is quiet. It's clean. And we've got room to spare. It is such a joy. So I hope every one of you knows exactly how that farmer feels. And I'm talking about how gratitude feels inside your body. Our muscles relax. Joy is like a warm feeling that runs up and down each limb. The whole face automatically smiles, can't stop. I trust you know that level of gratitude. One person who researches what our physical response is to gratitude for his living is Dr. Robert Emmons. He's a professor of psychology at UC Davis. And through experiments, his research gives us a list of measured physical responses to Thanksgiving. I'm not talking about turkey. <laughs> I'm not talking about serotonin. There are physical responses... Stronger immune systems, lower blood pressure, less bothered by aches and pains, sleeping longer. His long list for gratitude also talks about how it's beneficial, not just physically, but psychologically and socially. He calls Thanksgiving an affirmation of goodness. We affirm that there are good things in the world gifts and benefits we've received. But this is not all. A second part of gratitude is recognizing the sources of this goodness are outside of us. We acknowledge that other people or even higher powers if you are of a spiritual or mystical mindset give us many gifts, big and small to help us achieve the goodness in our lives. So true gratitude involves humble dependence on others. Gratitude doesn't imply everything in life is great. Thankfulness is not a cover-up of pain or complaints or hurt or even evil. Instead, when we look at life as a whole, Gratitude encourages us to identify some amount of goodness in our life. It is a view that cuts right through duality, through black and white thinking. Gratitude is seeing life in terms of percentages. We have differing measures of joy and pain, And gratitude is about constantly monitoring changes in this perceived ratio, and being certain to always see the good side, and that the good side always has something in it. We are humans, and we tend to dwell on the bad side. We often recognize the loss and the pain covering up that there might be something else over here. We're kind of an all-or-nothing species. So if you want to get scientific for yourself, you have a six-question survey. Did everyone get one of these? If not, we have tons more. Don't you worry. (laughs) (laughs) And this was developed by a different researcher, Dr. Michael McCullough. He's out of the University of Miami, leading their Evolution and Human Behavior Laboratory. You can fill it out now. It's a little complicated to score it. Or when you get home, to see how you you fall on that gratitude scale. And it will measure your level of gratitude as of this point of time, Sunday November 23, 2014. McCullough and his colleagues developed this measurement tool to look at gratitude and evolution. They study the cost and benefits of thankfulness in social exchanges. They ask if there are any survival benefits into the human behavior of gratitude. And the answer is yes. Gratitude differs from other pleasant emotions such as joy or happiness or indebtedness because gratitude includes relationships. According to McCullough, gratitude is a social adaptation for that reciprocal altruism and exchange of benefits between non relatives. It also involves upstream reciprocity, generosity, a kind of pay-it-forward distribution of unearned benefits. So gratitude strengthens connections and communities. Here we are. In our church, we value the quality of our relationships. We talk about them all the time, in terms of covenant, the promise we promise to pay close attention to our connections. Unitarians talk about them in our core principles. We seek justice, equity, and compassion in all relations. We rely on the democratic process. We respect the interdependent web of all existence. We're all about relationships. So we could consider Hope Church a medical complex for relationships. <coughs> and we're not pink. You are a, we're a place where you can bring ailing connections, connections within yourself, connections to others, and connections to the cosmic mystery. And we have the compassion and willingness to help you diagnose relationship ailments and find possible cures. Or maybe Hope Church is the botanical garden of relationships, where we nurture new ones, offer water and nutrients to withering ones, and sustain heirloom varietals. The most important outcome of scientific research on gratitude and thankfulness is not just recognition of this evolutionary value of relationships, but studies show our human capacity to develop and increase it. Your gratitude score is not fixed. You can raise it to a higher number and neuroscientists are studying the plasticity of the brain and its ability to increase thankfulness. One simple documented way to bump up your score is to keep a gratitude journal. You don't have to write in it every day. Once a week is enough to increase gratitude according to research. Once a week. The results show writing down gratitude influences our behavior. In studies, the journal keepers had measurable increases in determination, attention, enthusiasm, and energy. I want more of those. Don't you? There are causal links between gratitude and sleep, according to Chinese researchers. Regardless of insomnia, people who are thankful are measurably less depressed and less anxious. And being less anxious helps with healthy sleep. It's a cycle. Our American scientists at the National Institutes of Health examined blood flow in various brain regions, while subjects summoned up feelings of gratitude. And they found higher levels of activity in the hypothalamus. Feelings of gratitude directly activate brain regions associated with the neurotransmitter dopamine. Dopamine feels good to get, which is why it's generally considered the reward neurotransmitter. But dopamine is also important in initiating action. That means increases in dopamine will make you more likely to do the thing you just did. It's the brain saying, oh, do that again. (laughs) Your brain becomes engaged in this virtuous cycle. Once you start seeing things to be grateful for, your brain starts looking for more things to be grateful for. Oh, do that again. Although the same plasticity of the brain that increases thankfulness creates problems because the human being is so adaptable. We get used to whatever comforts are around us. When was the last time you started your car and thought, Hallelujah for internal combustion (laughs) engines! Or in disasters like the tornado and Moore or Tulsa's ice storm a while back. We came to see we shouldn't take things like running water and electricity for granted. But how long does that feeling last? Within a few days, we're back cursing our computer because it takes more than two seconds for that web page to come up. And dang it, I can't get good reception here with my cell phone. So that brings us back to how vital it is for our well-being and our relationships to take advantage of every different tool we can find or creatively invent to support seeing the world through a lens of thanksgiving. Keep a running list in a journal. Make notes on the back of an envelope. Use a stop sign or a stoplight every time you stop as a trigger to remind you to think of just one thing you're grateful for. My brakes work. That's good enough. (laughs) Use Hope Church as your membership to the gym of gratitude, where you can buff up your thankfulness muscles. So let's do that right now. I want you to take 30 seconds, 30 seconds to turn to someone and tell them one thing you are grateful for and then listen carefully to the other person for the item on their list. Just 30 seconds. I'm grateful for this magnificent community. I agree with Henry David Thoreau when he wrote in a letter to a dear friend, I'm grateful for what I am and what I have. My thanksgiving is, if I'm going to quote him right, perpetual. My thanksgiving is perpetual. It's surprising how contented one can be with nothing definite, Only a sense of existence. May everyone have a happy Thanksgiving. May it be so.